received. So we're going to look at uh, a verse that Ellie read at the beginning, which is this audacious promise that God made in Isaiah chapter 9. Here's the promise. I want you to listen and consider these words as I read this audacious promise. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is a promise that the prophet Isaiah made about seven centuries before Jesus came to earth. And in this promise is some audacious, bold claims about a Messiah, a king, an anointed one who would come and rescue God's people. It's an audacious claim. So he will be a son and he will be born to us. So when you, those of you who have children, when you made your announcement of your son or daughter, it was an announcement that you, your family, were having a baby. This announcement is it's going outward. This announcement of a son is for the people. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Another way to think about this is this king will rule and reign. He will govern with love and joy and peace and justice. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Literally means a wonder of a counselor. This promised son is going to be unlike any human being that ever came to earth. Then, and maybe the boldest claim in this passage, his name shall be called Mighty God. This son, who will be fully human, will also be fully divine. God himself is going to visit the world that he made. He's to be called Everlasting Father, meaning he's going to be the father of many. All who look to him and trust in him. He will be the Prince of Peace. We live in a world that is broken and fallen. We need a Prince of Peace. One who can reconcile humans with the God of the universe. He will rule with peace and justice and righteousness. And his throne will be everlasting. In other words, there will be a king who's coming to earth, Isaiah says, that will never, ever, ever die. An eternal king that will live forever. Now, the original context is when God spoke this through Isaiah, God's people were being threatened by other um, countries, and they were, they were fearful. And rather than looking to the Lord, they looked to a country called Assyria for help and hope rather than trusting in the Lord. And in the middle of that, God said, no, I have a much better solution than looking to 
an earthly kingdom that will fall and fail. A promised son. Now, you don't know me well, but hopefully those of you who do know me well would know that I'm trustworthy. So if, if you ask me for something and I say I will do it or I will show up, hopefully I will show up. You can take me at my word. So it's one thing to make a huge promise like Isaiah's making. It's another thing to back that promise up. Anyone can make an audacious claim. But only God can back up this promise. So the question is, did he keep his promise? In Luke we learn that he did. In the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. This eternal throne that was promised seven centuries earlier. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. So this promise that Isaiah made was fulfilled in Jesus. God kept his promise. Jesus actually came to earth. Fully God, fully man. But you might be wondering, well, what does that have to do with you and I this evening in the year 2023? It really has everything to do with you and I because it is the loud statement from heaven that there's a God who loves you, who is filled with grace and mercy and power. See, what, what happened when the baby Jesus was born and then he grew up, unlike you and I, he was perfect. Never did anything wrong ever. Think about that. Pick a, a year in my life. Let's say 13, 14, 50. I am a sinking ship and I think if you're honest, so are you. So if the standard is perfection, perfect in your thought life, in the words that come out of your mouth, in the actions, the things that you do, year after year as Jesus got older, perfectly obeyed the Father, year after year. Then he began his earthly ministry when he was about 29 years old. And when he came into his ministry... Not only did he teach incredible things about the fact that he was the promised king that Isaiah promised, but he also demonstrated the fact that he was unlike any other king. See, if you or I were to interact with Jesus when he came to earth, what we would know, what we would see is this is someone who is like anyone that's ever walked the face of the earth. 
One time there's a huge storm, there's wind and waves, and his disciples, the men he was training, were in fear for their lives. And they woke Jesus up. And Jesus wakes up, and he looks at the wind and the waves. And he does what only God can do. He speaks to the wind, and he speaks to the waves, and all of a sudden there was silence. The water was still. The wind had ceased. Only God can do that. There were blind people that Jesus touched and were healed. There were deaf people that couldn't hear and Jesus opened their ears to hear. There were men and women with leprosy, which was a skin disease which which brought great social isolation and physical and emotional pain. And Jesus would go towards those with leprosy and he would touch them. And rather than becoming unclean and getting their disease, they would become clean. And he restored their relationship with their loved ones. Story after story in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have these incredible accounts. Now Jesus took a lot of heat when he was on earth for associating with the rougher part of society. Prostitutes and all sorts of sinners that did very bad things. Why would he do that? Because he was a king like no other king. He was a king who came to rescue and seek and save that was, which was lost and was broken. So to see Jesus, he would come towards us with great love, great compassion, great mercy, great power. There's this little verse in the book of John at the very end, and it says, if everything that was written about Jesus, what he said and what he did while he was on earth, there would not be enough room for all the books to be contained in all the world. In other words, what we have in the Bible about Jesus is just a little sampling of this incredible king that Isaiah promised would come. But see, the thing is, All those great miracles are incredible. Jesus' compassion for the broken and the hurting is amazing. But the greatest display of God's love, God's power, and God's compassion happened when Jesus was about 32 or 33. Remember I said he was perfect. Fully God, fully man. When he was in his 30s, he ended up being punished for the sins of the world. He was crucified on a cross. This was his greatest act as a king. A king who would suffer and bleed and die in the place of you and I. Now, Isaiah said this king would live forever. So when he died on the cross, he was buried. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. And that has everything to do with you and I, because if we are going to follow a king who makes all these claims, but then backs them up, he's a king we should follow. See, when he rose from the grave, he made it possible for you and I not only to have our sins forgiven, if we trust in him, but to be changed, to be transformed from the inside out. This is an amazing king. I met this king. I met Jesus when I was a 19-year-old IUP student. 
and I've been following him ever since. He is full of compassion and he's full of power. I said at the beginning, there's really three things about Christmas, about this promise. God made the promise. God clearly kept the promise when Jesus came to earth. But this promise must be received. The only way to experience Jesus' kingly power and compassion is to trust in Him, to call out to Him, to run to Him. Here's the incredible thing about Christianity that most people get confused. Christianity is not a religion where you clean yourself up and then God will love you and accept you. It's the exact opposite. We come to Jesus messy and broken and sinful. And he forgives us and he cleans us up. And he welcomes us into his family because of what he has done for us. That's why it's called good news. See, Christmas is about the most incredible news that could ever be shouted or proclaimed anywhere. But it's the news that must be received. This news that for to us a child is born, a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He came to rescue. See, every human being is trusting in something or someone. And maybe more than one thing or one person. But the problem is, if it's not Jesus, it's a faulty foundation. It's sinking sand. It's like quicksand. Or it might be more like slow sand, where you step on it and you think it's firm, and then it slowly begins to erode away. See, it's one of the gifts of age and growing older. As time goes on, some of your faulty foundations or my faulty foundations get revealed for what they are. But Jesus is calling out to all of us to trust in him as the firm and solid foundation. Listen to this. This is what John the Apostle wrote about Jesus. He said, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, the Jewish people, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children who were not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. See, all, any, whoever comes to Jesus, he will forgive, he will welcome, he will embrace, and he brings you into his family. We become God's sons and daughters. See, because this promise was made and it was kept, and if you have received it, here's a couple realities that happen. One, God gives you a clear purpose for your life. To know him, to enjoy him. To do good to others. To this broken world we live in. Not only that, 
Jesus guarantees forgiveness for all of our failures. Maybe this year was a catastrophic year of failures for you. Can I tell you some really good news? If you trust in Jesus, he washes it all away. It's amazing. It's audacious. It's shocking. It comes by faith, by believing he was this king, fully God and fully man. And Jesus has this incredible way of taking what is broken, what is shattered in a million pieces, and like a skilled puzzle piece person just puts it all back together. And makes it better than it was before. Only Jesus can do that. When you receive Jesus, he promises he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never turn away from you. He will be with you forever. Remember, he's a king who reigns forever. One day that king, King Jesus, is coming back. So who is Christmas all about? It's all about Jesus. That's exactly right. Christmas is all about Jesus. And what is Christmas all about? It's all about a promise. God made a promise. God kept his promise. And we must eagerly and joyfully receive that promise. Let's have the musicians come back up. And I'm going to pray as as they make their way up. Lord Jesus, thank you for the kind of king you are. Holy Spirit, would you just make yourself known in a very tangible way as we sing these final two songs. And we give you glory and praise. Jesus, thank you that you are the friend of sinners. You love to change people's lives. Thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all stand. You can stand. At this time, we're going to sing um, two final songs. And as we're singing this first song, the ushers will be coming around and lighting your candles. Um, just, you can just help your kids with that and make sure you're not getting waxed anywhere. Um, we're going to sing two songs, and at the end, we'll um, be dismissed. So sing with us. <laughs>